2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering: real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
3: Live right here on SportsGrid. This is the early line, hour number two. I'm Kevin Walsh joined. By Don and Rightside. As we transition into our second hour, it is preview, 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 and it is all basketball here. We'll get to the NBA in our last segment when there is some time. We'll even bring the NIT into the fold, talk about betting strategies and the bigger games that are on that board. First four in, But before we get there, Donnie, the markets continue as we anticipated to grow on the sports Sportsbook for odds. And not only make the Sweet 16, but the Elite 8 as well. And if you go through these regions, you try and find the value. What possibly could jump out there? I just wanted to bring up a Gonzaga number, Donnie. Minus 650 to make the Sweet 16. <laughs> minus 330 to make the Elite 8. It just shows for Gonzaga how high the bar is, how high the expectations are coming in to this NCAA tournament.
4: You're right. And this is why we previewed the brackets yesterday. And I said right off the top, hey, Gonzaga is the number one overall seed. And rightfully so. They had mm-hmm. a great year. But you should be rewarded with the easy path to the Final Four. And you're seeing those prices here. You're, obviously, you're going to win the first-round game fairly easily. But that 8-9 matchup, it's not going to be just a walk in the park here for us. And for the people that always like to say... Gonzaga doesn't play anybody, even though they do. This is going to be a good matchup in that 8-9 with Boise State and Memphis. You're basically betting on what that money line per se is going to be versus what you can actually get the game, or excuse me, the day of the game for that money line. It'll be interesting. But again, I have them walking through. Am I a guy that wants to lay? Six hundred and fifty dollars to win one hundred. No, I think there's better ways to spend my money. But would I be shocked if I laid six minus six fifty and lost that? Yes, I would. I expect Gonzaga to win, be in the Sweet Sixteen, be in the Elite Eight, and also Kevin be in the Final Four.
3: Yeah, the, the first what seemingly bettable number on Gonzaga is, is a minus one forty. But to be, and as much as I've talked about the value, Donnie, you're not going to be able to sell me on minus one forty, make the Final Four over 300 plus 300 to make the or to win the national championship I, i'm not seeing that there i think you'd be better off on the national title odds at that point i still just struggle on some of their prices don i wanted to bring up a team though that you are very excited by a team that you think could go out here and make a little bit of a run and that would be va Tech, checking in that east region to make the sweet 16 a plus 410 a big run to the elite eight Plus 830. What do you think of those odds for Vot Tech?
4: The, the odds are long. It's, it, the best part, the reason why I picked Virginia Tech here, it's not for Kevin because I think they're a great basketball team and they can smoke all these teams. I wanted to pick a team that I thought was good that I thought was hot, Mm -hmm. and that can hit three-point shots, which again is the ultimate equalizer here. But you look at the pathway to victory, and this is why you're getting these high prices, Kevin. This isn't one saying, hey man, I found an underlying value here on Virginia Tech. Look at how easy their path is. They might have one of the hardest paths in this entire tournament to make it, but that's where the risk versus reward is. If you can get a win over Texas, which I do think they can beat, is it a massive upset, Kevin? Is it going to be earth-shattering if Virginia Tech goes out and beats Purdue in the second round here to advance Mm -hmm. into the Sweet 16? No. It's not. So it's one of those teams I have my eye on. And since you identify some of those teams, do I think Virginia Tech can actually get to the Final Four and win a national championship? That's going to be hard to do. But how many times do we talk about it's about profiting off of a ticket? It's very hard to profit off a ticket for a team to go to the Final Four or the Elite Eight at a plus 160 or plus 200 price. But when you're talking about prices close to 10 to 1 to advance just a few games in the tournament, that's where that value lies for me. And that's why I like Virginia Tech here, Kevin.
3: Yeah, I I think for Vod Tech, as the radio audience enters the fold here with us on a Tuesday morning, Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wrightside, this is the early line on Sports Grid Radio. I I appreciate Vod Tech's first game being workable there in playing Texas. I've been unmoved by Texas throughout this season. Playing Purdue would be tough. But listen, Purdue last year dropped in the first round. And all of a sudden, Donnie, if you happen to be playing Yale, you're favored in the basketball game there, right? We're talking about big plus money tickets when you're lining up a team like a Tech. It does jump out. A team, Donnie, that lands more in a sweet spot, if you will, from what we looked at with Gonzaga and we looked at Va Tech would be Auburn. And you look at right now, Auburn to make a sweet 16 is minus 260, To make an Elite 8 minus 110, I feel like, Donnie, look at this. If you like them at a minus 260, that's a lot. You might be able to try and want to try and figure out some more game-to-game aspects. But minus 110 to make the Elite 8, I will getting down with.
4: No, and, and I think you I, you have a good point here because, again, so most of the times we're looking at larger tickets here and trying to win national championships. But if we're looking for the pathway to victories, we just talk about Gonzaga. This is a great seeding process here for Auburn. Should easily win their first-round game. USC-Miami, you could probably ask any one of these teams and say, who would you rather have as a second-round setup? They, boy, I'll take that USC-Miami game each and every time. I'd actually rather have that than Kansas on the top level here in the Midwest, San Diego State versus Creighton. And then you advance to, okay, let's just see if it's LSU or Wisconsin. Not the toughest game there. Auburn is an ultra-talented team. Defense, offense, shooting three-point shots. I like where this is going here, and there is value still here, even if it's not at a high price on the Auburn squad.
3: Yeah, I think that the Auburn again, though, all the way to the Final Four, and that, you know they they break it down, winning the region. It's the same thing, at plus two sixty was what felt like one of the better values on this board we'll button this all up we'll start to preview the first four play and indiana wyoming has player props as well a lot of fun a lot to break down right here on the early
2: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
3: Right here on Sports Grid. Before we get to the first four plan, I wanted to bring up a couple of other teams whose odds to make this, uh, whether again it be the Sweet 16 or, or the Elite Eight, are very interesting to me. And Donnie, I'm not sure there is a team. I don't know. One of the most fascinating teams is Houston to me. The the advanced numbers just adore this basketball team, but even that. Adore right like Ken Palm love Houston. The committee did not slated them fifth. Ultimately, in this bracket, they are plus money just to make the Sweet 16. Just to make the Sweet 16, they are plus money to make the Elite Eight. Houston checks in at plus 350. The pathway there involves a UAB team that I know people are interested in. Potentially a matchup with Illinois, who's no joke. And then you would anticipate they would have to play Arizona if they wanted a spot in the Elite Eight. Where are you? Are you starting, Donnie, to get a read on what you're expecting from this team in the tournament being the Houston Cougars?
4: I expect Houston to win round one. I certainly do. They should be able to beat UAB. And then you match up, which we're looking at, just a higher seeding, advancing Illinois. So when we're looking at the FanDuel Sportsbook and try to quantify the odds here, Kevin, Houston to make the Sweet 16, which means they must beat UAB first round. And then the round of 32, they have to beat Illinois. My question here is, what is that actual spread going to be with Houston and Illinois? Because I would assume that Illinois probably would be the favorite in that game so if we're looking from a plus 116 standpoint here at the FanDuel Sportsbook, I don't really want to jump into that, Kevin, because I think it's still going to be right around that number because that's the game you have to win to get to the Sweet 16. So if there's a chance that Houston gets upset yeah. in round one, why am I even worried about round two at that point? I would have already lost my money as opposed to saying, okay, let me see how Houston plays and gets through UAB because I do think Illinois has a better chance of beating you know t- or, uh, Tennessee Chattanooga then as opposed to Houston actually beating Illinois at that point. So if I'm expecting a close game, whether it's even Kevin minus two minus one, or even plus two or plus three for Houston, I think the price point isn't enticing enough for me to bet them to get to the sweet Sixteen. I might rather wait to see them beat you U- uh, excuse me, UAB and then go head to head with Illinois at that point.
3: Here's my problem with Houston. I do I base I really don't understand how or why it is that they shine so brightly through some of these advanced numbers. The resume is not strong. 29 and 5 is great. But the resume is not what you're looking for. The loss to Wisconsin, you know, a 20 point victory for Virginia doesn't mean what we thought it would mean they lost when they played alabama yes they embarrassed an oregon oregon ended up being a disappointer this year the american was quite down donnie they lost two of the three games they played to memphis there there is i I tell again this we use those ken palm numbers right a lot of Mm times, donnie the efficiency number not their ranking but the actual number the difference between one team to the next a lot of times will be not like not just right there. Sometimes we bang on what a spread is. That's not true of Houston numbers. Houston's, you know, just it's 2650, right? Is their adjusted efficiency number. Compare that to Memphis, which is 16.22. It's a 13-point gap there, Donnie. They played the other day and Houston was a three-point favorite. Only a three-point favorite. You... Houston is just priced way differently, Donnie, and they're a hard team to get a read on for me.
4: But here's the reason why, though, if you are looking at Ken Palm numbers, I mean, they profile unbelievably 10th in offense in the nation in efficiency on offense, defense, 11th in the nation. So when you line that up, it makes some Mm -hmm. sense. Even effective field goal percentage, which is how that balance plays out on defense, they're third in the country. So when you're taking a look at, and how many times have you seen me talk about, Kevin, throughout the college basketball season, hey, look, if I have the better team efficiency on offense and defense, I'm supposed to win each and every possession up and down the court. There's very few teams that can actually do that. So I don't agree that Houston being that high, because I don't just look at just efficiency ratings and how things play out on a computer. You actually have to play the game, and that's why. Otherwise, we would just press a button like, hey, oh, Gonzaga's national champion every year because they're so efficient. That's (laughs) not the case here. But looking at yeah. both of those, pedigree of a team, I just like the way they are. And also, Kevin, I talked about it already with Virginia Tech. There is some credence to how you end the season. So when you had those two games against Memphis that you lost, you came back, resurrected yourself in the conference tournament, and plastered Memphis and won the American Conference. I love to see that here. It's a team playing really good ball heading into the tournament, and sometimes I'm going to mm-hmm. give them a little bit of a bump for that.
3: Yeah, I Houston, I'm trying to – Respect those numbers, Donnie, that I value. While looking, again, like you said, at the results for Houston, they just don't line up in that way. Let me bring up Providence here. If we can get to the playing games in the next segment. A four seed, Donnie. A four seed. Let me see if I can give you reference points here. UCLA, to make the Sweet 16, is minus 144, right? Right? The Arkansas Razorbacks to make the Sweet 16, that's a four seed, are plus 110, right? It is, again, uh, Illinois, actually, Donnie, right? Who's plus 142 to make the Sweet 16. Providence to make the Sweet 16 as a four seed, Donnie, plus 390. Plus 390 DRS
4: it's it's pretty amazing when you try to play it out because keep in mind again it's not even here like you're seated in the tournament for reasoning that you are a good basketball team right gonzaga is the number one overall seed not because they pulled their number out of a hat because they were the best team overall in college basketball providence got a four line here south dakota state got a 13 line so theoretically Providence is the better ball clip here. Let's just say they win that. Then they line up against a team that I guess nobody in the history of basketball has ever beaten here in the Iowa Hawkeyes, which we know that's not true. So they win those two games and cash a plus 390 ticket. That is absurd here. And it's the haves and the have nots. It's the analytics versus the average guys, as I like to say, because you're looking to say and saying, go, Hey, I watch Providence each and every game. It's a good basketball team. And the computer prints out and they hand it to you and go, you're an idiot. They're not a good basketball team. Well, something's going to have to give here in the tournament. But you're talking about, Kevin, that a price tag that normally would say for a four seed, I don't know, plus 200, plus 180, you're getting a plus 390 ticket. It feels like the FanDuel Sportsbook already said, Kevin, we're going to give you an odds boost on Providence to get to the Sweet 16 yeah. because that's what that plus 390 price really feels like.
3: It's. I mean, is Iowa lay double digits to Providence if that happened to me? <laughs> I mean, I no, see, I mean, seriously, Donnie. Like, is that the kind of number that we're we're gonna be checking in with here, man? It's just really no. interesting to look at the way Providence continues to be priced out. Like I was make the sweet 16 numbers minus 178. Again, you shop around to the other five lines, you're not gonna see a number really that strong. It's because the people are just very willing to look through that basketball team as not legitimate, you know. Yukon's uh, plus 138 donnie and a lot of people think arkansas could fall to vermont i mean just look at that number that you're seeing there on iowa i mean they are basically saying that this providence team will be lucky to even play will be lucky to even play the hawkeyes donnie it's it's so fascinating to see where they are continually priced man I, again you know and that's the nice thing here. Basically, it's all rounds on it. We can get you Sweet 16, Elite 8, or Final Four. And, of course, we can get you to win the national championship. So much there to bet on.
4: No, there is so much to bet on. Also, keep in mind here, Providence here, a slight favorite minus two to win that South Dakota State game. So from all the talk out there, I thought I would be able to bring up the uh, FanDuel Sports. Oh, look at this, Providence getting six and a half from South Dakota State because apparently mm-hmm. this game has already been played and decided.
3: Yeah, it's incredible, man. It really is. This show's going to defend Providence a little bit. Until, <laughs> until the Jackrabbits shoot at like 6 1240 star, Kev. You know what like, that means. Yeah. Live, 1240. Cannot wait. Donnie, myself, Oof. Ben, rocking and rolling Thursday and Friday. Let's preview these play-in games next
6: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
3: All right, let's talk play-in here on the early line. We begin with a 16-16 game. Do I open the floodgates here? All right, I'll ask Donnie. Donnie, yeah. do you like the play-in? Yes, I do like the play-in. Yes. All right. surprise. I thought you would Appetized. say these are two terrible be, teams. Yeah, you want nothing to do with them. They are
4: two t- – A little curmudgeon usually from you. All right. Now, here's how I like to preface this, right? Because you hit the nail on the head right now. Here's me tonight. All right. Basketball's on. I can't wait. 6.40 tip time tonight. Two minutes in. Yeah, let me check on something else at this point right now. All the excitement just <laughs> fly right out of me. That's exactly the way it is. Cause if you remember, remember we're coming back from the pandemic, KW, and there was this one random college football game to kick it all off. And people going, this is going to be the most bet game in the history of sports because there's finally something to watch live. And I got to tell you, people turn it on for 30 seconds like, what am I watching right now? No, thanks. Mm-hmm. I'll wait for the real teams to start. That's the feeling that you get tonight. Absolutely so. Goodbye, you bringing that up because I am excited for it until it actually gets on my TV.
3: There's a lot of people, Donnie, who, you know, they they rock up to the to the TV. They go, All right, we'll be back here with about seven minutes left as we get set for Indiana and Wyoming. The number, though, Texas Southern does lay three and a half points here in this spot. The total checks in at 136. You look right now at the bracket. The winner of this basketball game is going to be playing Kansas in the opening round. I don't think we're going to be sitting here wondering if a Cinderella run is is in the making but who wins this game here Donnie where is the value on the board and here we go
4: typically you know Donnie writes out going to tell you how much he loves overs and team totals for each one of these ball clubs but let's get something straight here like you're in a playing game and for me the rims seem to be really tight when you play in Dayton and particularly the first game out because keep in mind These two teams, this is a big-time game. And I even asked you this before, like Iona getting into the tournament. Would you rather just be a straight 11 seed playing somebody or in a play-in game? These kids are going to play this like it's the national championship. And technically, it goes down for your school as a win in the NCAA tournament, which is big for the coaching staff, big for the school, big for the playoffs. Hey, or big for the players. Hey, we made the tournament here and actually won a game. Now, what type of game are you going to get tonight? Let's take a look here. You know, you're talking about close to 360 schools here in NCAA Action, Kevin. And offensive efficiency is not what you're going to find tonight. 287 for Texas A&M, 270 for Texas Southern playing with a little bit of tempo, which you know can always sort of force the issue. And if you get in rhythm, you get extra possessions here. The one thing that's really interesting for me, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, Kevin, 348th in the country at fouling. One of the teams that's going to put you on the free throw line more than anybody else. And a team in Texas Southern, that's around 100th in the com- country at getting to the free throw line. But here's the issue that you have, right? Hey, let's keep getting to the line. Well, if you look at Texas Southern, Kevin, 319th in the nation at free throw percentage at only 67% as a team. So how much can you actually use that to your advantage? Because if we look at Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, and the reason why I bring that up is they're 18th in the country, Kevin, at getting to the free throw line. So one team that fouls and gets to the free throw line, it's kind of an interesting anomaly here, but they actually shoot as a team, Kevin, 75% 75% from the free throw line. Mm. So if I'm looking from just that perspective alone, slight lean here on Texas A&M Corpus Christi, but you're going to hear this a lot from Donnie throughout the tournament. Always looking unders, and I am again here.
3: For me, I am very, very tempted on this A&M uh, team total at 66 and a half. Well, I, I, listen, last year Donnie, and you're going to hear this a lot from people, three of the uh-huh. for of the four playing games, not only were unders—I mean, they weren't even close. They were not even close. But if you look, Donnie, this year for Texas A&M, they have been fantastic against the number as an underdog. Nine and three. We talked about trying to, you know, weigh out, Donnie, how much do road trends matter in the NCAA tournament? Home trends are totally meaningless. Do road trends matter at all? Well, if they do. Texas A&M was 11 and 2 against the number on the road. They do play with tempo as you mentioned, and on the road specifically they've played with a lot of tempo, Donnie, and routinely have been a team into the 70s. They've played five straight games into the 70s. They have been over 66 and a half in 9 of their last 10 and it goes beyond that. Texas Southern to be fair. Again, they rock up into these play-ins, and they play unders, unders, unders. Their defense is probably, uh, it's going to be, it would be the best defense in the Southland, right, Donnie, if they all of a sudden were in that conference here. But I do think that A&M is going to be able to keep this close. I think they're going to look to push some tempo here. And I think 66.5 is low enough, Donnie, for me to prefer pushing towards their team total in this game.
4: Yep, I can see that too. And also keep in mind, some of these games here, particularly when they play in Dayton, some of those, because there's so many ways that we can bet these basketball games, team totals, overs, unders, or even first half overs, first half unders and stuff like that. But for me, when I'm looking at these games, because these kids are going to be nervous, there's no question about it. And you're right. It's not actually where you're saying, okay, let's take a true team total or a true team total over where you have those splits. Both of these teams are road teams, right? It's not like, hey, it's our home gym. We're used to shooting here and this other team plays well. They're both technically road Teams which big fan bases. I don't know if Texas Southern and Texas A&M going to bring up their you know fans by the thousands for this one. More of that mixed environment in Dayton, which is a great basketball city. But I look towards the under in this one and get used to it again. Look, the dog price. Give me a short dog here to fight it out, and we'll see how it lands. Now, is this one of those games, Kevin, where we? Preach bankroll management. Hey, first game of the tournament on. You want to have some fun? Go out and get after it here. But no way, shape, or form mm-hmm. am I looking at this game going, you know what? I circled this game out of every game in the first rounds. I really like Texas A&M or I really like Texas Southern. It'll be fun to yeah. watch, as I said, for at least a couple minutes, Kevin. <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, Donnie, a little, little, little bet it, set it, forget it, and check back in again yeah. with a couple minutes left exactly. on the clock and, and see how things are looking here. The second game, a lot more juice for people, I'm sure, despite a lower total with Indiana and Wyoming. Wyoming is catching four points from the Hoosiers, a plus 155 money line to pull that upset. We know, Donnie, I think all but one season since we've introduced that first four, one of the play-in teams has made it to the round of 32 so of course there's a lot of juice here in this game the total is 133 where's the edge where's the value on indiana wyoming and i'll just say quickly donnie player props listed currently for this game they're working in Mm. some player performance doubles for this game and they have like parlayable drop-down menus on points totals, and they're going to keep adding right now a lot of player props from a points perspective, but rebounds and made three-point shots will start to enter the fold as well, Donnie, for Indiana-Wyoming.
4: Yeah, welcome to the new world right here where it's like, hey, every once in a while you get some NBA player props. Now we're getting them in college basketball in the biggest moments. And this is great because usually in these playing games, two games are eh, and the other two games, hey, I got legitimate talent that I've actually watched before. If you haven't watched Wyoming, pretty good basketball team. But also, let's keep in mind, when we get into the first and second rounds of the tournament, we talk about those pods where they like to keep you closer to home. It's always in Dayton, and sometimes it's just the luck of the draw. Wyoming, a little bit further away than Indiana is from Dayton, Ohio, and Indiana, obviously, we know, has a big following, more of a home game atmosphere for Indiana, so maybe that checks in. But also keep in mind, Wyoming on the season, adjusted efficiency on defense, 66, not bad. Indiana, 21. So maybe we see one of those games where we don't get a ton of tempo and a lot of defense. Now, these guys, obviously, more talented than the first game that we talked about, so guys that can fill it up, can certainly happen in this Mm -hmm. one. But again, I'm looking more towards the unders. If we look at Wyoming's defense here, why it makes sense. Also, you take a look at the three-point defense, Kevin. Top 30 in the country at holding you to around 30% shooting here. If we look at Indiana's defense, holding you to around 32% shooting from three-point range. So neither one of these teams really fills it up also from yeah, from the percentages from three-point range. Indiana, 169th in the country. Then we take a look at Wyoming, to uh, 218. But also keep in mind, what Wyoming does really well, doesn't score a ton with their point distribution, Kevin, from inside the paint, mm-hmm. but they shoot it close to 54% inside the arc. Here's the issue with that. Indiana's defense, Kevin, seventh in the country, at only allowing you at 43% inside the arc. Once again, DRS going to lean on the points in this one and also on the under here.
3: I want to take what Donnie said, and I want to pair that to a player prop under. It's Graham Ike, the best player Mm -hmm. on Wyoming, under 18.5 points at plus 100. Ike's a good ball player, likes to dominate inside. A lot easier Mm -hmm. said than done, though, versus Indiana, as Donnie's clearly pointed out. 18.5, he's actually gone under that number in five consecutive games. The workload, I'm sure, will be a lot for him, with him being the best player, of course, on a big stage. But this team can't be stubborn about it. And if that's not working down low, which, again, as Donnie's describing here, could be very difficult, they start to look elsewhere. 18-and-a-half is a big number. And, again, this is a step-up in competition. You try and grab a comparison point here, and it's difficult. They played Arizona. That's Arizona. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's too – look, and he did land 17. The game was a blowout. That's a little bit high. They don't really have a game – I mean, you could – Maybe pair it with a Boise. He scored 19 in one of those meetings versus them. Maybe a San Diego State, though, who kept him well under the total. It really, to me though, Donnie lines up for a spot to go probably what won't be a popular play for most. Maybe wait, let it get to 19 and a half and go under on Graham Ike's points prop.
4: It makes a lot of sense here because if the trend is under and you're getting a little bit of nerves out here, and it's not the NBA where LeBron James and the boys are continuously cruising over 30. It's very easy to hold these yeah. guys under, and you just need a good performance. And styles make fights, as we said. If you're going to defend the rim and a guy who scores around the rim, that's a pretty good matchup here. So, yes, even though we love to bet totals and overs in the regular season, it's tournament time. Time to change that approach, Kevin. I like where you're going here.
3: These player props, of course, will continue to grow throughout the day. We'll have you covered on those here on SportsGrid, no doubt about it. We'll mention the NIT a little bit and preview a four-pack of NBA games all coming up right here on Sports Grid. You are watching and listening on SportsGrid and Sports Grid Radio. This is The Early Line. Kevin Walsh, Donnie Wrightside. We'll be right back Let's start here with the NIT. The favorite to win this tournament is Oklahoma at plus 650. A&M, 7-1. SMU and Wake Forest are the other teams that round out a top four here that are all the only four priced under a 10-1 to one marker. I know everybody wants to know. The Iona Gales, of course, checking in at 45-1. to one. This will be Rick Patino's tournament. Whoa. I anticipate the Gales going out there and getting hangy versus Florida. But, Donnie, I ask you first to break down a little bit for the people here the motivation factor because so often in sports donna we try and bring that in and it feels like a fool's errand but in this tournament it really does matter because some teams really want to be there and others can't believe that they are stuck in the n.i.t
4: Yes. Like some, some teams, some universities use this as a springboard saying like, Hey, we're maybe a year or two away. Let's get after it. We're happy to make the NIT. Let's see if we can do some damage while other teams come into the season with aspirations of getting to March madness and fall short. And you'll find out right away because a lot of the times, Kevin, our mind and our focus are actually on the big dance, which is the fun. This is what we wait all year for, but there's a lot of value and some underlying value that you can find in the NIT case in point. Sometimes even at your own school, like, Hey, we're in the NIT. We are in the, we're in the NIT. When is that game? Oh, it's tonight on campus. So normally in an environment where you would have a packed building has a fraction of the people in there because even the fans know that this tournament doesn't really mean all that much. So given the fact that sure, if the players want to go out and play hard because it's a basketball game and they can extend their career, they don't have that very many left if they're a senior, quite frankly, but at the same Time they do know also, man, we really wanted to win here. So, when you're trying to take a look at games, I think you can look in March Madness and say, The big field look, there's nobody in there that's de- oh man, Kev, we should have been a three seed, we're a five seed. I don't feel like playing anymore. That doesn't happen here, but in the NIT, all right, guys, a couple more games for the season's over before I can, you know, get to my spring workouts and into the summer. Maybe you we'll have a better season next year. So, there's a lot of underlying value for sure here, Kevin, yeah. in the NIT.
3: No doubt about it. Now, there are a couple of trend spots on this board that I want to bring up, and then I know DRS uh, had one game that jumped out to him. Firstly, Oregon. Oregon is – and this is the beautiful thing, Donnie. Uh, My my delightful home road splits and all those things. Uh, Check Uh right back into the mix here and become valuable in this tournament. The best over team on the road by a country mile, Oregon, Donnie. Nine of 10 road games to the over. 90% overrate when playing on the road. The total for this one is 144. But my favorite, I mean, you want to talk about getting in the mud, man. Plus 20 with Alcorn State versus Texas A&M. Alcorn State has the best against the spread record as a dog in all of college basketball with a minimum of 15 games played 14 and four donnie this season as a dog and don't oh it must have been a bunch of home dog 12 and 3 against the number as a road underdog 15 and 6 against the number as a road team donnie 20 points nit alcorn state the braves want to be there we'll see what the aggies want to do catch 20 here those are two spots i like on the nit board
4: Interesting stuff here. Now, the game that I want to take a look here also, Kevin, if we line this up here, right? You're saying like, okay, there's not too many marquee games per se, but I got to tell you, it is an interesting one with uh, Oregon that's going to play at Utah State because motivational factor, Oregon wants to go to Utah and play an extra game. Nah, probably not going to be on the board here. But I got to tell you, a close battle. And this one where if you're looking from an outsider perspective, you say to yourself, Belmont, Vanderbilt, why tune in here? You're two teams that don't care about each other, two teams in a close proximity that really care about maybe a little bit of bragging rights here, and the lower team here, Belmont, saying, hey, let's rise up and take down Vanderbilt. Now, if we take a look at this game overall, and the thing that I like, you know, I love three point shots here. How about Vanderbilt? 19th in the country at volume, close to 50% of their shots, Kevin. Actually, to be exact, 46% of their shots come from three point range. If we flip over to Belmont, they're still top 50 in the country in rising from three. Three-point range here at close to 44%. Now, here's the crux of the argument. One team in Vanderbilt loves to shoot the three-point shot. Makes it a decent clip here. Belmont doesn't defend it all that well. But a team like Belmont that shoots, you know, let's just say in the low 40s here from three-point range. Take a look at Vanderbilt here. Their defense on three-point range. Top 25 in the country. So, maybe it comes down to eh, home court advantage. I get it. But there are going to be Belmont fans in the building tonight in Nashville and a crosstown rivalry. I look for this game now typically in the NCAA tournament going unders. I like the way this game sets up for me, Kevin, Mm -hmm. as in over here. Get on the court, open gym scenario, fire from three-point range. Two teams that will be invested in this game since they both play in Nashville. Should be a fun one to watch here if you're not waiting on those first four games tonight.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So looking forward to the NIT games there. Because, look, there's a lot of them. And if you're going to get involved with a full board there, if you're going to be betting, if you're out there betting Texas, Southern Texas A&M, how are you going to pretend to be above <laughs> the NIT? Shame on you if you approach it that way. Let's talk NBA and the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets check in, Donnie, against a team that is piping hot against the number. Right now, you've got an Orlando Magic team that has covered four in a row, five mm-hmm. of six, seven of their last nine basketball games here. The Nets, awful against the spread, except on the road. They're actually very good against the spread on the road. They just can't cover versus anyone in the Barclays Center. That's really the problem here. A near double-digit line checking in at 9.5. Nice total, 232. Love NBA totals back where they belong. How about a Kevin Durant prop, though, Don? This is what jumps out to me the most about this basketball game. 28.5 they keep hanging these KD numbers staring at me. I dare you. I dare you to bet the over. And more often than not it feels like it's working when you bet the over Donnie, but there there have been some unders sneaked in. They they stole those unders uh, with the blowout versus Philly. He was going to get right yeah. into the 30s there. He did miss it versus Charlotte to be fair. So really only kind of one of the games since returning played with Kyrie. He got over. That was versus Boston. It was a bang over. Blowout could be in range. What do you think about this game here tonight, even through the prism of Durant's points, prop? Does that make it tough?
4: It really does because you're looking at a team in the Brooklyn Nets that has the capability of blowing out the Orlando Magic. So say, hey, even in a blowout, I mean, Kevin Durant's probably going to factor in. Kyrie Irving's going to factor in that. But if you're not getting those extra six to seven minutes, you can be left at the door by saying, man, KD at 27 mm-hmm. going into the fourth quarter of a 25-point game, and he doesn't see the floor again. So that's when I like to take a look at the Orlando Magic side of the ticket tonight. Not for betting them from a game perspective, but maybe from a prop perspective. They're still a young team. If they're getting blown, if they're getting blown out, someone like, say, hey, Cole Anthony, take the night off, or Jalen Suggs, take the night off at this point. They're probably going to be playing well into the fourth quarter here. And in a blowout, still trying to score, obviously. Hopefully that blowout would be a 130 to one hundred game, similar to what you saw in the Philadelphia 76ers game when the Heat really excuse me, when the Nets really torched them. But at the same time, I don't want Anything to do with either Kyrie or Kevin Durant because Kevin, I am scared of the blowout here. Only way I'm looking to in profits yeah. there would be for the Lelando Magic
3: players. I would take a look maybe at Drummond's double double at plus 115, 20 and 14 versus Charlotte, 18 and 10 versus the Knicks. Missed it versus Philly, but he had 7 and 7. And again, that game was a blowout there. Andre Drummond, I mean, like, phew, dying, trust me. If I were to tell people three years ago, you can get Andre Drummond double-double the plus money, they wouldn't even know what to do with themselves. That guy was 18 and yeah. 18. It felt like each and every night. How about, Donnie, the Detroit Pistons? If the Pistons have played since the break, it has not been a good idea to bet against this team against the spread. Depending when you got the number versus the Clippers, it could have been a push, could have been a winner. I uh, might check it as a push, but, Donnie, Post-break, they do not have a single ATS loss on their record. We said on the show, this Detroit team would cover numbers post-break. I didn't think it was going to go this well. They've covered three straight games despite losing three straight games. They have been covering, 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 catching a huge number tonight from the Miami Heat. Donnie, does the party stop here?
4: I don't think the party stops here at this point because why, Kevin? We have the new big three, as we've coined that phrase here on the early line, with the Detroit Pistons and Cunningham, Grant, and Bay. But here's the issue I have. You know what it is, Kevin. I see the Detroit Pistons. Ooh, how can I get involved? And let me just open up the page on who they're playing tonight. Oh, no! It's the Miami Heat, the ultimate under team. As we get so excited, like we see games, Kevin, 240s, 235s, 230s, 225s. And every time the Heat show up on my board here, we see them hovering around a 215, 216, 217 price. Can we take the Detroit big three tonight? Or is it as simple as, you know what? The Heat are going to win this game. Don't care about by how much they win this by. And Mm -hmm. maybe the Detroit Pistons will still be playing the starters well into the fourth quarter to get that cover. I'm not going to lay this number with the Miami Heat, but I always have that in the back of my mind. No matter what happens in a Heat game,
3: they usually keep the game under here, Kevin. So the interesting, it's it's all relative, right, Donnie? Because they're, they're yes. more of an over team than an under team, but their numbers Correct. are so low Correct. that even if you get over, yes. your props are in disarray. And let Correct. me give people the easiest example of all time. Carl Anthony Towns had a points prop of 24-and-a-half versus the San Antonio Spurs. Forget what actually happened. 24-and-a-half, Donnie, versus the Miami Heat, the game before. It was 20-and-a-half. They're actively cutting props by legitimate numbers, Donnie, when they when team when players go versus this Miami defense. That's how good the Miami Heat have been. One thing to obviously keep up to date with is who is going to be playing and who's not going to be playing for Miami. If the workload looks like it'll be there for Tyler Hero, he is absolutely on fire, averaging over twenty-five points per game so far in the month. Of March. I want to have enough time here to bring up uh this Pacers Grizzlies game, Donnie, because Memphis against the number on the road when favored always I think jumps out to people because they've been covering in this spot here. The Indiana Pacers have been delivering overs, overs, and more overs, it feels like at home twenty-three and eleven to the over. This total. Donnie, dare I say two thirty-three looks light in Indiana Memphis?
4: I mean, it could look light, but I'm actually looking here, Kevin, at the anticipated scoring starting lineups tonight here. Tyus Jones, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson, and Steven Adams. So does that line line up and that total line up with that price? I'm not sure how that's going to play out, but I do think we get tempo because both of these teams will pick it up. But if we're not going to get the Mm -hmm. superstar of superstars there for Memphis, that's a little bit too steep of a mountain for me to get over there,
3: K-Dub. Yeah, the numbers doesn't scream to me that John Moran is out. He is questionable, yeah. right? Yeah. But I don't think yep. that that's seven and a half with no jaw. I don't think Memphis is transitioned no. into Can't that be. territory yet. Can't but again, be. that total does look very, very enticing. John Moran, though, is a big part of the overs that that team does typically pay uh, play. No Bain, so Tom. do keep that. In mind. Oh, yeah. I'm sure Don will start to line him up, man. Always does make a lot yes, of sense. Sir. Last game here, uh, New Orleans and Phoenix. Suns are laying six on the road right now. Total is 226 and a half. One guy, Donnie, I think people might want to target is DeAndre Ayton, who has a points prop of 17 and a half. You look at his last five games, 30, 21, yeah. 19, 16, and 23. DeAndre Ayton's been getting after it.
4: No, he certainly has been. And maybe if you're looking from the opposite perspective there, as always, CJ McCollum in the lineup. Maybe Devin Booker gets cooking here. A lot of options to go over, Kevin. The good part is line coming up a little bit later this afternoon. We'll have all those estimated starting lineups ready to go for you guys.
3: Cannot wait. Make sure you catch us there 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern on Sports Grid Radio. Up next, Donnie. Make sure you listen up. She closes out in the early lineup.
4: All right, guys, last segment of the day for the early line right here on the Sports Grid Network, Sirius XM Channel 159. Kevin Walsh and myself, Donnie Wrightside, as always, carrying you through from 7 to 9 a.m. before we hand it over to Ben Stevens and the morning after. Today is a big day. Not because free agency has begun in the NFL. Not because free agency continues to go on in Major League Baseball. It's because the March to Madness starts now. So, yes, it's Tuesday. Let's do it. Listen up. Waited all our lives for this, right? At least one full year. The tournament is beginning tonight again with the first four in Dayton, and I cannot wait for it to happen. Now, also, some PSAs here public service announcements. And what I mean by that is look, brackets, get them out there, have some fun. But I'm an old school guy here. Are you the type of guy that plays in 10 different pools, which I can respect, and puts in the same pool in all? 10 of those, that's respect here because that's confidence in your picks. Or are you the guy that goes out and says, hey, I'm going to put five different picks and five different brackets in for each and every pool I get into? Come on now. Have some respect for your plays here. Pick your bracket, stay with your bracket, and cheer it on. Are you one of those guys that once you get down to the Elite echo, will have 17 different ways and outcomes this can happen? Why do that to yourself? Pick one pool and stick with it here. Now, also, from a betting perspective, you don't have to bet every game on TV. I know we want to, and it's a lot of fun. You have six TVs set up watching each and every game. Fantastic. But make sure you adhere to some bankroll management. And also, it's that time of the year where you say, where the heck is true TV on my dial? Make sure you find it so you can get these games and watch them and have fun. The March to the Madness starts now, and as always, on SportsGrid, we're certainly going to have you covered. I can't wait for it to get started. And you know what, people? It gets started today on The grid.
1: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh,